0: That's a that's the third time we've seen that video, and I thank, I thank you very much because I, I still hear laughter because that's really funny joke. It's, just, it's only that the Lord has been good to me. Hmm. Brad Pitt fishing. Okay, good. Next week. Next week, Easter. One service, ten o'clock. Combined of ten and four thirty. We're doing them both at ten. Gonna be cool. Can't wait. Get to celebrate. This is the reason that we do everything that we do as a follower of Christ. Because of Easter. If you remember a couple of months back, I gave you a story about a lady that was sitting in the hospital. Laying in the hospital and she was dying. And then the nurses would come in and she would, she would mention, she said, Happy Easter. And it was like November. She goes, why, why Happy Easter? She goes, why not? Every day should be Easter. Every day we have that hope as a believer in Christ. And she began to witness in the hospital. Come next week. There's a lot of people in your family, if they don't go to church, you have friends that don't come to church on Easter and Christmas, they're more likely to come if you ask them. So ask them. We're going to have chairs set up, extra chairs back here. If we, get them, if we need enough, we'll open those two doors we'll put chairs out there. Okay? Sit them up here. I don't care. As members of Connection, I'm going to ask you to do something. I know it's out of your comfort zone. I know. When you come in next week, come up here. Okay? Come up here, and we're going to have to remember SOS, right? Everybody know what SOS means? It's not save our ship. It's scoot over some. <laughs> in the middle. We want the people that come, we want them to park up front. We want them to be, to be able to sit in the back or on the sides or wherever they can come in just and just get get there. But as connection people, just come on up. Come on up. So one service next week at ten o'clock. I want to thank I want to thank the people. We had such a we did have such a good day yesterday. And some people were like I couldn't make the clean day yesterday or I forgot what time it was. It's okay. We're going to do more. There'll be plenty of times we get to clean the building, okay? You, only, you, you didn't miss anything. We we came out here. We, we gave our time. We, we cleaned. You're sitting in a chair that somebody flipped over yesterday. They completely wiped down the legs. They wiped down underneath. They took all the gum that you put up. Don't put gum on the chairs. They They didn't get any gum, to my knowledge, yet. Anyway, please, please, please understand that if you're a first-time attender here, you're family. My name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection so much. I thank, you, I thank Jack for his, his words because he said something very, very important that we're going to talk about today. He said this. He said, it's cool to see what God is doing in our church with our people. If it's your first time here, okay, welcome, you're family. If it's, if it's your 1,000th time here, welcome, you're our family. Okay, we're together. We, we're going to go on this journey together. We, we, are gonna, we we're in our third sermon series last week. Our intern, Colton, he preached, uh, did a great job. Um, I'm going to continue from the first two weeks that we started. We kind of split with him in the middle. And now we're going to go back into fishing. Before we do that, before we do that, we're going to talk about some things that sometimes as humans, and and we're going to talk about two of the disciples that talked to people that didn't want to listen. They didn't want to listen because it's really hard. Because sometimes when somebody speaks truth to you, and I don't care if it's a spiritual matter or a job matter, sometimes we can take it really, really personal. And I'm going to ask God to show us how he wants us to move today. Show us in our relationships with our mates. Show us our relationship with our with our coworkers. our relationship with other people at church, and we're going to go, and we're going to fish, and we're going to understand, why fish? What's the point? So wherever you are, if you want to bow your head with me, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to talk to God. God, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for the ability to live in a country where we can publicly worship you. I'm thankful for people that sacrifice so I can be here. They give of their life and their time to go to another country to help defend us. God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the people that aren't in here. They're teaching the little ones or they're they're providing security out in the lobby. Thank you, God, for the people that work. Thank you for the people that give. Thank you, God, for everything that you have given us. Your name, we pray. Amen. It's Sunday morning. We've been talking about fishing. Remember, if you remember a couple weeks back, Jesus called the disciples, and he had what? And if you have your if you have your message map, if you keep them at home, sometimes I get a really nice, you know, big stack of them. Uh, uh, Sometimes they're in the in the front part of my Bible. I try to change them out. Sometimes I don't. And the next thing I know, it's been eight weeks, and my Bible won't. So. We've been, we've been fishing. Jesus called the disciples, and if you have for, for three weeks ago, if you have that message map, it said that when he called the disciples, he called them because he had an agenda for their life. He called them on purpose. Wow. Called them on purpose. They were to do what? Jesus tells them. He said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people, fishers of men. I'll teach you how to reach other people and tell them about me. That's what fishing for people is. Two weeks ago, we talked about where to fish. Where's, where are the fish biting? Listen, if you don't think that this is, this is, this is relevant, I'm going to tell you something. At Connection, we seek to be relevant with our community, with a foundational basis of truth, of the Bible. But we seek to be relevant in our culture. You know what people bite on in Mount Vernon? Free gas. So we give it away. They like free hams, too. We give those away. They like turkeys, so we give those away. We meet people where they are. We provide a way to connect with them. We understand where we we are to fish. And we saw two weeks ago that Jesus not only showed them where to fish, how to fish, he invested his life in them. And we see that today more relevant than any other time that we've been in this, in this fishing sermon. We're going to get really down to the nitty gritty and you're going to see how somebody reacts in Scripture when God changes their life. I was reading this this week and I was reading it in my little man cave room that I have at my house. And, you know, it's got the important stuff like my guitar, all my deer heads and animals and um, my computer and all the music. But I was out there. And I began to read, just to, just to, a dive, to dive a little bit deeper than, than what the Scripture said. I was reading a commentary on the Scripture to find out some other details, and I was so excited that I, I, I was sitting down reading it, and before I was done reading it, I was standing up. I'm like, woo-hoo, I am like woohoo, i can not wait for Sunday. It was Monday. That's a problem with me. I, I'm ready for church, and I look at, I look at the, my phone or my watch or whatever, and I'm like, huh. Six more days till Sunday. You know, there's a a lot of people that we can connect with in this area, in in this community, in this church. And we talked two weeks ago that Jesus invested in his disciples and he taught them. This is something that we seek to do at Connection. I have one question for you this morning. Why are you here? Don't answer that out loud. Why are you here? How did you know about this? I know, I know. I know. Maybe you drove by, you saw the sign, and you came in. We've had people do that. Maybe that's, maybe that's so. We had a couple people in here a couple weeks ago that said, we have, we've only been by your building a couple times, but we've been following your sermons online for the last two months, checking it out. No pressure on me. I mean, like, oh, man, I hope those were Okay. <laughs> But they came because they were investigating. Listen, we're going to have people that make journeys with us. They start their journey with us. Some may leave, some may stay. But they start their journey, and we invested in them. So why are you here? Did you drive by the sign? Maybe you've been with us since the beginning. Maybe you have, you know, you're a connectionite. I don't even know if that's what we're going to be called. I, I, I don't know. connection uh, maybe. But if you've been from the start, maybe that's what. But maybe this. Just maybe, maybe. Some of you are here, and maybe you're a connection night now, but you didn't used to be. But maybe, just maybe, someone from Connection worked with you. Someone from Connection you were friends with. Someone from Connection created a relationship with you. We invested. Listen, this is true. I want to tell you, everything that you're going to hear this morning, you can walk out this door and put it into practice. We invest. Man. We have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old that work in our sound and computer department. You think we're trying to invest in them? Yeah. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, even as a 12 and a 14-year-old, they're in a better spot spiritually than I was. Unless you're raised super Christian, they may be better than where you were. And I was involved at 12 and 14. We invest. But maybe somebody from Connection invested in you. We have to remember that in 2015 and to the future, we are doing the same thing that Jesus taught these disciples how to do. It's the same thing. Now, we no longer have to commercially go fit. You know, the disciples didn't have an outboard motor on their boat. The, the, things have changed a little bit. Okay? But the, the basis is the same thing. If you have your worship hand, I'm going to show you a couple of things. If you open it all the way up, um, in the middle, again, it's, it's just a reminder. There's only one service next week. So if you miss the 10 o'clock one, you're going to miss it. Okay, come come early. Come drink some coffee and hang out with us. Connect groups on the other side. Connect groups restart on the twelfth. Okay, but if you open it up just to the first panel, you're going to see some words and there's some blanks. I'm going to give you. It's called our worship handout. We're just going to kind of go through it. I mapped out some different points that I want you to that I want you to see. There's scripture on here that you can look it up and read it later in the week. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in, in in Acts. We're going to be in chapter four of Acts. So if you want to turn there, I've got. But but first, we're gonna we're gonna to touch this. Look at the first thing on your worship handout. Look what it says. People will not come if we just open the doors. You remember those days? I don't want to age you, but when that stopped being effective it was before I was on Earth. Statistically. I remember my grandpa used to tell me stories, and he goes, he goes, well, we've got to go to church if I would stay the night with him. He said, well, they lived in a, they lived in a parsonage, and he preached at a country church, and he said, well, we're going to go to church early, because he goes, and this morning, since you're staying with me, he goes, I'll let you ring the bell. Awesome. Yes. Hey, you remember those they had a great big bell tower, humongous bell, and the rope, okay? Everyone that comes, by, yes, everybody, the rope's just hanging there. I know none of you would do this, but most of the time... They had to have somebody watch the rope because there would be people that lived around there that thought they were just always in church because the bell always rings. And just kids just, ooh. And one morning I got up and it was, I don't know what it was, 8.30. And they gave like a 30-minute 30 30 minute head start. And boom, bong, bong. And they still, they still did that as a reminder that church is going. But listen, look at this. People will not come if we just open the doors. I do not mean that negatively. I do not mean that to hurt your feelings. I say that because in 2015, if you just open the doors and don't do anything else, all they're go- people are just going to come in, they're going to steal everything, then they're going to leave. They don't want to come to church. When's the last time that you just left your front door of your home just wide open? On purpose. <laughs> See, look at the next one. People will come if we create relationships with them and invite them. On purpose on purpose you know that I was invited to connection I was I've been here seven years I've been I was invited someone someone sought to talk to me and they invited me and you know the rest of the story when I came I thought you all were weird and I I said I'm never I'm never coming back if you want to see if you ever want to hear God laugh just tell him your plans okay God I'm not going back (laughs) yeah I got other plans for you but I want to give us a little bit of background. We're going to be in the fourth chapter of Acts. Don't pull that up yet. I got some background that I want, I want you to see this. Why fish? Why invest? What's, what's the point? That's my, that's my thing today. What's the point? Why do we have to invest? Why do we have to come and clean a building just so people can feel comfortable when they walk in? Why can't I wear a shirt and tie? You can. I don't care. You can wear that here. But people just choose probably not to most of the time. Why do we do that? It's very intentional, it's very on purpose to be comfortable, to have a comfortable environment for people to come in so we can continue that relationship so we can invest in their life. And some people will say this, why bother? Why bother in creating the whole relationship, Matt, because I've done the math and it's not convenient. It takes my time. It costs me money. It costs me, it sacrifices time with other things that I'd rather be doing. Why? Why bother? Why bother? They say this, let me believe what I want and let them believe what they want. Let them be that religion, I'll be this religion. Just leave them alone, don't go. That's what some people will say. And if we want to be really truthful, there's some people in our church right now that we're sitting next to that used to have that attitude. Praise God, he's changing us. He's changing you. I didn't used to see the benefit in doing this until God said, hey, look at this. And begin began to move me to a spot. It was uncomfortable. Listen, we're getting ready to do things that connection. It's uncomfortable. And we're going to continue to do things that are uncomfortable. We're, we're teaching people right now how to create relationships with people in other towns to create those relationships because we're going to start another church. All you would have to do is say, you know what? Let them have their religion I'll have mine. I'm going to tell you right now, if we would do that, we'd save a lot of time. If we didn't go plant, we'd save a lot of time. We'd save a lot of money. What is God calling us to do? We're gonna keep it in a box? Uh no. Because, and we're gonna see this later, because, because we're gonna do a lot like Peter did. We are not gonna be able to be quiet about what God has done in our life. We can't be quiet. We can't be. Most other religions don't send people out. Most Christian churches don't send out. Most Christians certainly don't go out. We don't. You've been there with me. I'm the first one to get in this line. Yeah, I've been there. Why bother other people? Raise their family. Let them believe what they want. Don't try to convince me that I need to fish. If you have a really good farm pond, some people don't want to fish this bad. You can you, you go to this farm pond, you can catch all the fish that you want. You can convince somebody that they will bite on anything, and oftentimes, if they, really, if they don't care that much about fishing, it's tough to get in there. Now, me, that's not the case. You tell me that they're biting, I'll well, say, when? Let's go. When do I have time? Check my schedule. And we're going to be in chapter 4, but listen to what happens in, in chapter 3. This sets the stage for everything. We're talking about Peter. If you know anything about Peter, woo! woo This is the guy that cut the guard's ear off, okay? These guys, woo! Jesus has already died, he's, he's been raised from the dead, and he's gone to heaven. When Peter and John, I'm just going to give you a recap of chapter 3, real quick. Peter and John are going to the temple, because that's where they, that's where they were going to go preach, Jewish um, they're, telling, they're telling everybody that God had sent Jesus. He was the true Messiah. That's why they were going. He goes, to the, uh, in, in three, they see, they see a beggar. He shouts out, listen, he shouts this. He asks for money. Please give me money. Now watch what Peter says here. He says, I don't have any money for you, but I'll, get you, I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I have. Someone comes up to me, man, I need $5,000. Okay. I don't have that on me. <laughs> Let me give you what I have. And sometimes that's not even in the form of money. I sold my Dodge truck yesterday, if you've seen it on Facebook. It was a very hard time for me. I drove that truck for 12 years. But I made, I made the, the young man that I sold it to, I made, him, I made him a deal. Now watch this. This is how I gave him what I have. I sold it to him for a certain amount of money. Could I have got more? Yeah, I didn't need to. Because God has allowed me and Mary to be financially responsible. We do a lot of Dave Ramsey stuff. Okay? We're, financ- we're allowed to give more. We can give more. Okay? He says if you live like no one else later, you can live like no one else. And we're starting to see that, and it's absolutely awesome. But I told, I told Caleb this. I said, Caleb, I will hold that truck, and I will drive it, and I will, keep, I, will, I, will, I will use it. I will keep it up so it doesn't just sit there until you have the money. But my number one deal is this. I said I want you to save up until you have enough money and then you come to me and you, pay the t- you just pay the truck off and I'll hand you the title and you won't have a, and you won't have a debt. None at all. I was able to teach. See, did I, get, did I give him money? Okay, some say, well, you gave him money. You gave him a good deal on the truck. No, I was able. I was able. I drove a truck for 12 years and 180,000 miles. That's just what I put on it. I didn't get it new. And I was able to do that. But I, I taught him, just like Peter did in chapter 3. The, the guy says, I need money. He said, no, let me, let me tell you something. He's lame. So Peter says, let me give you what I have. And Peter had been empowered by Christ to have the power of Jesus. And he healed him. He healed the lame man. He didn't give him any money, but now the guy could work. See, sometimes it's not about, oh, you know, i got a problem. Hey, no. Sometimes this is not the answer. This is not all the investment that we can do. Caleb, I hope, for the rest of his life remembers, hey, that was pretty cool when I just saved up enough money and then I just paid it and I owned it. I hope he remembers that. After he's healed, the guy stands up, he jumps around and what does he do? He praises God. What doesn't he do? He doesn't say, he's not quiet about God. He's like, "Hey, hey, did you see what just happened to me? Hey, did you see what just happened to me? Hey, did you see what just happened to me? if they had Facebook, he was blowing up everybody's notifications. He was tagging everybody he knew. You know who you are. People that, you, you tag 7,000 people. Your friends were like 7,000, they just tag everybody. So everybody's notification just blows up. If you don't have Facebook, I'm just speaking Greek to you, and you don't understand that. The people were amazed. Peter tells everybody there, hey, we didn't do this, God did this. But there were people watching. They didn't like it. It's bad enough they have church behind the scenes. Now they're going out in the name of this dude that we killed, healing people in public. This looks bad on us because, watch this, we can't do it. We have all the answers, but we cannot do that. How do you compete with that? You're frustrated. They got arrested. They got arrested. For doing something that they were told to do, they got arrested. In 19, they say this. You have to do what you think God wants, and we have to do what we think God wants. That's gutsy. They're in prison. (laughs) That's not good. Not then. This is different than prison today. Prison is not a good place today. But this is not good. They do not like what they're doing. These people believe in the same God as Peter and John. But Peter and John added one thing. They said, guys, listen. 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 We believe in the same God. But the guy that you just killed was Jesus. He was the Messiah. That's the thing that they added made all the difference in the world. Made all the difference in the world. Everything. It's just all different. When they started to talk, everything was cool till they brought up Jesus. Why? Jesus changed things. Shocker. He's still doing it today. And verse twenty, does not say what we believe. It says this. It says these these men. They said this. What we have seen and heard, not what Joe told me down the street, not what my my grandma remembers from from World War Two. It's What we have seen and heard. They were not debating theology. They were not debating whether you're right or you're wrong. They were not contemplating morals. They were telling what they had physically eyewitnessed. 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 We have heard his words about a relationship with God. Something has happened in history and they're telling it. Jesus had not been gone that long and these guys were saying, hey, do you remember him? Remember that guy they put on to death on the cross and God brought back from the dead? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab and say that got out. People kind of talked about that. How can we not talk about what has happened in our life? If we've seen God move and we've heard God move in other people's life, it should excite us. It should it should drive us to say, "I God, I'm going to give this is scary prayer time. God, I'm going to give you my life. Use me." And sometimes he says, "You're going to be huge, Billy Graham." Or he's going to say, "I'm going to use you to clean toilets, man." Cool. <laughs> I didn't use to say cool. <laughs> "I'm going to use you to serve." I want you to serve people. I want you to encourage people. I want you to teach people. I want you to be around people. And I'm going to give you the strength to do that, Matt, because you can look back in your life, and so can you. You can look back in your life, and you can get pumped spiritually pumped up. It's like, man, you remember when God took me out of that? You remember when God brought me out of that? I walked in, I guess, kind of with a sorrowful face this morning. Had somebody say, are you okay? I said, you know, I've had better days. I teach about a third of the population of Orchardville Youth Group at my school. And Pastor Mark Shell passed away Friday. Then I got word yesterday, one of my friends, he's 36 years old, crashed his ultralight plane, and he's dead. A good friend of mine, an unbelievable follower of Jesus Christ, who at at 36 left a wife and four kids. Now, there are times that we could say, oh, too much, too much. You know what God says? God says, you can't see it now, but I'm going to be able to use this. You watch. And I've seen Kay Shell, Mark's wife, encourage Aaron, my friend's wife, that he just died. She encouraged her. I've seen the words. I've seen it. I've seen it. All because of truth all because we've created relationships with people and we've connected with god and through those relationships we learn what did they say and what did they what did these guys see and hear it was so huge they were willing to risk their life i want to ask you something are you ready to risk your life i don't see any stormtroopers coming in today what about socially I walked into groups. It's funny. Whenever I'm around, and I walk into a group of people, and people that are talking know that I'm a pastor. They go, talk, 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 talk. Oh, here comes the pastor. Shh. Don't know. <laughs> it was so huge. They were willing to risk their life. It was so big that they were taught the Old Testament law. And everything had to do with God and sacrifice. God and sacrifice. Then it moves to Jesus, and he encounters them for a very short three and a half year, three years, and it changes their entire outlook on everything they've always been taught. That's pretty big. That getting something, you know, it would take a lot. It would take it would take a lot of a lot of coercion to to get me to think differently. Listen, can you think about that? Think about something that you that you've known is true your whole life. And then somebody shakes your world and says, actually, it's this. It was going against what they had believed for years, what they had been involved with. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at the first, the first verse right here. And it says this. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Um, we're, we're big fans of pins here. If you have a smartphone outside right by the door, uh, if you have a smartphone and it's uh, it, touchscreen obviously that most of them are now uh, has a stylus on the end but please here's here's the here's the here's the warning just make sure that you unclick the ink before you touch your screen It has a stylus on the end and you can use the bible app to see different things or you can follow along or you can highlight scripture but if you have a pen write down notes right in your bible you're more likely whenever you read it to come when you come back you're more likely to say wow i remember that not because matt's an awesome preacher because oh he spoke this. I remember this. I remember that story they told. And it can help you. But in verse 1, it says this. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, <laughs> they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. You know what they did? They walked up to him and go, um, weren't you just in jail like this morning? Yeah. Yeah, we were. What, you, what were you in jail from? Uh, we were talking about Jesus. Apparently, you don't learn. Are doing it again. I can't be quiet. Listen, when is the last time that you got this much of Jesus in your life? I can't I can't quit talking about him. I cannot quit. Everything I have is because of him. I'm so blessed. I have all of this stuff. More than I need. In verse 2, he says these these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus the resurrection, resurrection of the dead. You know why they were disturbed? They couldn't bring anybody back from the dead. They couldn't compete with this new thing. They couldn't compete. It's like drag racing a Geo Metro versus a Corvette. It's not not rocket science. Depending what's in the Geo... It doesn't matter. Corvette's going to win. In verse 3, look, it says this. They arrested them immediately. You guys won't shut up. You're arrested again. And since it was already evening, they put them in jail until the morning. So then they had, to sing, they had to sit in jail all night. Look at verse 4. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Listen, they were so excited. They must have, they must have done this. They must have been so excited that they couldn't shut up. And it must have been so convincing and God working in such a manner that the people that heard them speak were like, "I'm in. I'm in. I'm not talking about you're sitting at home, it's 11 o'clock at night and you, and you, and you get a and you see an infomercial for the sham wow." You're like, "I'm in. I want that thing. This is not what I'm talking about. This is lifelong commitments. These people are like, "Yes, yes, yes. I want my life to be changed like that." Yes. It would not have happened if they didn't create a relationship with him. These were, these were people that some strangers, some not. They knew them, probably. Most of these. Look at verse 5. The next day the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Huh. Oh. Do we have verse 5? Okay, just a second. When, they, when these people get together, this is, this is like this. Since we're in March Madness basketball tournament, okay, this is like this. They are having the final four of their leaders. This is the big wigs, okay? The next day, the council of all the, all the rulers, not some, all of them, and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Why? It's, that's the center. So they meet. They said, uh, you know, they get, they get on their little communication device. We just pick up our phone, and they say, listen, these two guys will not be quiet. You guys come down. We're going to lay the hammer down. If we need to, we'll just kill them. This is, what this is comprehension of what they're doing. Look at verse 6. Annas the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. He brought his family. Why? More votes. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Everybody's there. It doesn't get any higher than the high priest. The only person in that custom of that time that was higher than the high priest is God. That's it. He was it. He was absolutely it. Verse seven. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, "By what power or in whose name have you done this?" Listen, there are important people here. You can't get closer to God than the high priest, and the people that are making these charges, they can't do that. They cannot deny that stuff is going on, but they don't know how. They know that people's lives are being changed, but they do not know how. They they ask him, "By what power? How, How can you do this?" You're ordinary dudes and i know this is going to shock you if you know anything about peter peter speaks up he says by what power oh i got ooh, 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 ooh. he's the guy in class always knows the answer okay even if it's wrong cuz sometimes he's like you know he jumps up and cuts the ear off and jesus goes nope wrong answer dude and he heals him <laughs> he said no 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 but he's the guy he goes ooh, 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 i got a, i got an answer i got an answer he said so they ask him by what power or in whose name have you done this look at verse 8 then peter <laughs> Uh-oh, he's not the same, Peter. Look what he is. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Said to them, rulers and elders of our people. Verse 9, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Listen, they healed the guy in public. So he asked him, do you want to know how he was healed? This is, I believe that Peter had some sarcasm in him. because you see that last question? Do you want to know how he was healed? He probably asked him like that. He's very reverent. In the first, are we are we be, are we being tried for this good deed that we've done? And they're probably they're probably grumbling. And Peter goes, "You want to know how we did it?" <laughs> and then it completely turns the other way, and he gets straight up real, absolutely phenomenally real. Verse ten says this. Let me clearly state to all of you let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. There was no laughing when he said that. It was, holy cow, what have we done? He's talking to the guys that put Jesus to death, by the way. And he says this, Let me clearly state to you. My mom and dad got very serious. I would hear this. Stephen Matthew Griswold still scares me today. I knew that they were getting ready to clearly state something. Clearly. But Peter gets up and he says this. Now listen, why is he saying this? Why is it important to us? Why bother? Because this happened. Jesus Christ from Nazareth is a real person in secular history. He's real. He was seen after the resurrection by over 500 people. And Peter stands in front of people that can make him go away from this earth and die. And he says this, The guy you put to death was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was God's son. He was the Messiah. The Messiah in which you killed and God raised him from the dead. Now what? That was like an alley-oop from half-court dunk in somebody's face. Boom. Andy Stanley has a sermon. It's close to this. It says, it says, Christ was who he says he was. You killed him. Now what? God raised him. Now what? You have to choose. Why bother? Because this. He exists. It's real. People say, ah, this just, that's just foolish stuff. It's a story. If you think that way, come and talk to me. I will talk to you about some stuff. We'll go have a a, a glass of tea at a restaurant, and and I can can show you out of secular history why we can believe this book. It is the most authentic book of antiquity that we have on this earth. Peter is simply saying, think about this, it might cost my life. It might cost my life when I say this, but I will not be quiet. I can't. I have, I have seen something that changed my life, and I want it so bad to be put into other people so that they can get it. This is what connection does. God has moved in a way of my, in my life that I have dealt with this. He's brought me out of this. So when that person comes by me and they have this trouble, I say, listen, let me walk beside you if I can. If it's somebody else, then we have someone else. But listen, Peter says, Guys, I cannot keep this under my hat. I cannot quit talking about what I've seen and what I've heard and saw Jesus do. Can you imagine? Coming from the guy that cut cut the guard's ear off when they arrested Jesus, and Jesus picks it up and puts it right back on his head, and it's healed. He saw it. Not heard about it from Susan's brother's cousin. He saw it. And when we look inward or we look to our friends or our friends speak encouragement into us and we see that we've been changed, guys, I'm going to tell you something. You can't be quiet about it. (laughs) It's Through Celebrate Recovery, listen, through Celebrate Recovery, I have been away from an addiction that I've had for over two years. If you encounter me in that setting, let me tell you something. I'm not afraid to tell you. It's awesome because I never thought that I could go a certain amount of time without it without doing, without seeing it, hearing it. And God says, oh, my child, I have people that are going to invest in you. I'm going to have this program called Celebrate Recovery. It's going to change your life. And what do you do? You get to tell other people about it. It's going to change your world. And Peter it has the same thing. And I, I think that he probably got a reminder. Look on the screen. Don't go there, just real quick. You can look up on the screen. Look what he remembers from Acts 1-8, just earlier in the book. Do we have that one? It says this, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, oh, you will tell people about me everywhere. <laughs> Jesus Christ in heaven, called it. <laughs> you can't be quiet. You can't be quiet. Sometimes this works completely reversely. Watch this. Something bad happens in your life, how quick do you say something? Oh, that's a sharp, steep ladder. Brrr. If you don't think anybody reacts really fast, just, watch, just, just scroll through Facebook. Just scroll. Just scroll. I would encourage you to pray before you push post on things on Facebook. But anyway. When we experience God working in our life and you know that it can only be a God thing, you will share it with everybody that you have. Tell you what, if you have people pray for you and you have cancer and God heals you of that cancer through doctors or radiation or however he chooses to heal you, I guarantee you You will not be quiet. You will ask for prayer. You will ask for this. You will share it. Think about the last time that God did something incredible in your life that could only be him. Think about it. How long did it take you to tell somebody? Five minutes? I Tell you what, five minutes is an eternity in our culture. You know why? You can have 25 comments on your Facebook post in five minutes. You can have more than that. I bet I had 20 likes within the first five minutes that I had that picture of my Dodge truck on there yesterday. little experiment that I did. I counted. You would post it immediately. If God came in and something financially that you have not been, I heard this not too long ago. There, somebody in, in, in our church had been praying. I had been praying for them for opportunities of employment, and they tried and, tried, and they've tried, and they've tried, and they've tried, and they've tried. And then I got a phone call. That person wasn't quiet. I got a job! Woo! God has blessed me so much, came out of their mouth. They knew that on their own, it's just, here's an application. Here's an application. Here's an application. God, I'm being patient. Here's an application. They are doing their part. And I got that phone call. I said, yeah, what's going on? Whoa. What? I got a job. In this passage, Peter makes one thing very clear. Look at your worship handout with me. The second blank. He says this. Peter states very clearly who. True authority is. Now listen, him and another disciple had physically walked up, spoken, or touched that lame guy, and he was healed. Do you know how easy it would have been for him to take the credit for that? What I can do. Look what I can do. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Boom, healed. Oh. He said, No. Everything that we've done, and he shares with these gentlemen, everything that we have done is in the name of Jesus. Christ. When people fish, when we invest, when we go fishing, when we, when we put into our relationships, we use truth. Why do we use the Bible? Because it's true. It's so true. I can show you in secular history, archaeologists that have proved multiple, multiple, multiple things out of the book of Luke because Luke was so careful in looking where the towns were. He was so careful in taking notes that they have found them with their hands, physically. They're there. They exist. When we create those relationships, we find those fish, we share with the things that were done in our life, we begin to impact people. Now, Peter is going to go a step past, in my, in, in my mind, he's going to be a step past normal right here in just a second. Because he says something. They could have been taken completely, completely wrong. But he states very clearly who the authority is. Look at the next verse. It says this in verse 11. And he's reading, he's recalling Scripture from Psalms, Old Testament. All the leaders here should know this. Memory. They should have memorized this. Look what it says. For Jesus is the one that referred to the Scripture where it says, this is Peter reminding them this, the stone that you builders rejected and now has become the cornerstone. Did you know what he just said? Not only did he say we do this in the name of Jesus Christ, my life is not the same. I am a changed person. Not only did he say that he said this. Guess what, guys? The stone that you builders rejected, you're the builders. You killed him. Jesus was talking in the Old Testament, a prophecy about you. You want to talk about getting called out for something that you did wrong then getting called out because you're responsible for physically having Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified? He's talking to the big wigs. He's talking to the high ups, the big deals. And he says, you did it. You did it. You rejected God's man. And then he changes again. He changes his attitude again. You don't have to reject him, he says. Look at verse 12. Look at what, look what he keeps saying. There is salvation in no one else. Listen, guys, this is it. I know, yeah, okay. You've got to put that behind you. Can you think about this? Peter's explaining this to these guys. He says, hey, I know you probably feel really bad because you just understood that you physically put Jesus to death. <laughs> but, but he's the way. Now he's giving him an opportunity. Listen, he was calling them out. Then he gave him an opportunity. Listen, look, at it says there's no salvation in anyone else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's salvation in nobody else. Listen, even in correcting and, and encouraging, Peter can't be quiet. We have, no, we have no idea how long he's been in front of these people, but he cannot close his mouth. He's like, okay, I'm going to go into this courtroom and I'm just going to give him everything I got in one shot. You're wrong. You should be condemned of murder and death. But here, seriously, Jesus wants to save you. Now, please don't hurt me. He gave it all to him, didn't he? He said, there's hope for you. People that they, they did not like, they did not get along with these people. No other name except Jesus. Everything in eternity. Listen, Everything in eternal eternity revolves and pivots on this point. If if this is a story, then when we die, we die. And if you're wrong, and you believe that, you're in trouble. If you live like there is no God and there is no God, you don't lose anything. If you live like there is no God and there is a God, you have lost everything. Eternity pivots on this one piece of history. It was important enough for those two ordinary fishermen to stand in front of the, wow, the council, even fearing death. And they said, you're wrong. He was who he said he was. He gives life. Look at us. We're not the same. He changed us. He made us new. This is what Peter, Peter and John were going in to people that did not like them and they were trying to create a relationship with them. Yeah, you did something wrong, but listen, there's hope for you. Can you imagine what they thought? I don't need hope. I'm Caiaphas. I don't need hope. I'm the high priest. Look at verse 13. (laughs) The members of the council were amazed. Yeah, shocker. How are they speaking so boldly? Look at what it says. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You want to talk about a compliment? That's a compliment. That is a humongous, gigantic compliment. If someone can recognize that you walked so closely with Jesus that you would impact their life, and they, they're a follower. they're a Christian. they know who God is. they, they seek that. That is the ultimate compliment, this side of heaven, folks. People can recognize you by what you do, what you say. They had the boldness. They had the boldness because they heard, they were in conversation, they were there when Jesus looked back at them. These ordinary dudes that were fishermen. And he said, I want you to follow me. I I imagine before they walked into that quarter, if they could be beside each other, they're like, remember the day we weren't fishing and Jesus called us. I bet they were scared. Oh, I bet they were scared. And they walked in and said, just remember. 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 Remember what Jesus told us. They're facing death. I saw two wives face death with their husband. One had cancer. The other one had a tragic accident. Remember what God told us. Remember what God told us. Remember what God told us. Remember that day we were fishing and he came by and said, you and you, I want you to follow me. You remember what he said? I'm going to teach you. You remember? You remember Peter what he said? Yeah. He says we're going to fish for people. And even if that costs me my life today, can you imagine? (laughs) Even if it costs me my life, I'm going to give my life to invest in other people. I'm going to give. Why? Because I've seen what God can do. And it is amazing. And I want everybody to see that. I want you to see it. So do they. A follower that follows correctly eventually will fish. Not all followers fish, but if they follow correctly, eventually they will. Without us fishing, people may never understand that there is a God that loves them. There is a way out of their problems. God has a plan for them. They may not ever know this. This is why. We can't neglect the fish. This is why we can't be quiet. This is why we don't just let it stop here. I say, hey, soak up your sponge, go out here and squeeze. Out there. Out there. Yeah, have people over from your church. Have other people from, don't go to church over. Yes, but go out of here. Connection is not a building. Connection is not a place. It consists of people willing to say, I messed up. I'm broken. God worked in my life. Walk beside me. Let me show you how. It's tough. It's tough. Because when you get involved with people, it becomes one word. It becomes messy. Oh, man. If we, in all other religions, if we remove Christianity, all other religions, listen, all other religions, all other religions, if we remove Christianity, this is what they agree on. You ready? Ready? There's a God. He's a good God. Good people connect with a good God. Better be good if you want to connect with a good God. All of them agree that. They all agree. The problem is this. Good people don't get a relationship with Christ. Forgiven people do. You can be as good as you want to, but if you're not forgiven, if you're not allowing God to have that relationship with you, The reason that we fish is that our faith is grounded in history. We can we can we can secularly prove it. It's true. And we must tell what we've seen and heard. Followers fish. Why wow, what's the point? What about this? Check out your worship handout in the last blank. Do others recognize us as people who have been changed by Jesus? I think some of you are not going to like that question. You're say, "Oh, I don't have it all together, man. That's why I'm here. Okay, great. I'm glad. I don't have it all together either. I'm glad you're here. But do others recognize us as people who have been changed by Jesus? Do you allow God to use the circumstances in your life to impact other people? I've said, I've said this before. If we have somebody that comes in that, that experiences a miscarriage, please, and I, I've been shared with by other people that, that they've given me permission that they can go to them. You point them to Mary and I's direction. Please. You have somebody in your family that goes through that? You come and talk to me. I understand. I know how to go to the guy and say, I know that you could pick up 500 pounds if if you're that strong. I know that you can do this. You can bench press your truck, but you cannot take the pain away from your wife like you want to, can you? And I'll watch that. Because I know. I know. Then he'll say, what did you do? Greatest question in the world for somebody wanting wanting to understand it. What did you do? I said, I didn't do anything except fall into the the loving arms of a God that loves me. And he taught me that through this, I was going to be able to talk to people like you. And one day, and you can't see it now, you're going to be able to do the same thing. I can tell you how doing finances doesn't work. I can tell you how finances do work. We do this. Do others recognize? Are we trying to create those relationships? Are we fishing? Remember, Peter and John are like this, probably walking in. Remember, Jesus told us, remember that, Jesus, Jesus said this. Follow me, and I will teach you how to fish for people. At Connection, we fish for people by living and loving them. Followers who fish can point others. God has done something in your life, and I want you to hear this is the last. This is the last point that I'm going to make today. I want, you to, I want you to really hear this. If you don't hear anything else, please listen to this. There are people in this sanctuary right now, people that can hear me, if they listen on, on the Internet, people that they're going to hear me uh, if, they, if they talk to somebody else about the sermon. There are people in this church right now that God has done things in your life that He wants to use. But in order to do that, In order for your story to be used, for your life to be used, you have to say, hey, I'm going to go fish. I'm going to go fish. I've caught a lot of fish with a rod and reel in the rain. But if you figuratively move that to the spiritual setting, it's not fun to fish when it's raining. It's not fun to fish all the time. Sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it sacrifices in your time. But I'm going to let you know this. What Jesus did for three and a half years to those two guys and the ten other, other guys that were with them, he invested so much into them that they were, they were able to step up and face people that did not like them. They did not like Jesus. They didn't like what they were talking about. They didn't like they were healing in public. And they were able to say, you remember Psalms 118 when Jesus said about the cornerstone? Yeah, we, we know that. We're the religious leaders. It's you. knowing that they could die. They have been changed that much. In the last couple years, in the last seven years, some of you, some of you, could talk, to, could talk to me all afternoon long and tell you how different your life is now than what it used to be. Oh yeah, you still struggle with stuff, but listen, you were in a dark place and then someone fished. And then someone walked right beside you. And then, you drove by the sign. And then you met somebody going to this really weird church called Connection. And then they started to, to speak truth into your life. Not, not of their truth, but of God's truth. So we have these stories. But I'm going to pray for us as we dismiss here in a second. I'm going to pray that this week you find one of those things and you encourage someone. If God, Listen, this is, this is the crazy thing. We get surprised by it. But oftentimes when we pray for something, God actually does it. And it's this crazy thing. And then we get really shocked when it happens. God, send me someone to serve. Okay, and then at the end of the day, I go, God, I said one. <laughs> Please, why? it was like 12. <laughs> They're everywhere. People are begging. They're wanting to have this relationship. They want to have this investment. It's so deep inside of the vision of this church that we're going to take that vision somewhere else. <laughs> we're not gonna, just going to keep it here. Why? Because we can't be quiet about it. We're going to go somewhere else. We, can't just keep, we just can't be quiet in Mount Vernon. We're going, to be, we're going to be not quiet elsewhere. But you have those stories. You have those, those things in your life. Yeah, they were messy when they happened, but God happened. But someone happened. Ask God to give you an opportunity to encourage someone with that story. Use the things that have happened in your life that God has brought you through. That's why we fish. Because somebody... Somewhere, you have the, the absolute identical combination right there, right there, right there. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. I thank you, God, that I had people in my life when I was going through a really bad time. I thank you, God, that they saw potential. They saw that you loved me and they fished. I thank you for those people. God, in this sanctuary right now, and these people that are going to hear this online, I want you to understand. God, I just, please, 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 be with our minds. Be with the way that we think. Be careful how we think. Our lives are shaped by our thoughts. God, let us think about you and how we can truly honor you with our life. God, I just ask that you begin and continue to raise up Peter's and John's with boldness God to tell about what you've done so that we can fish for someone else and you can move in their life and God you can use us and you can use our life God you can have us be with us as we go out of this church God may we encounter those people today or sometime in our week That we can connect with. And give us the boldness to do it. In your name we pray. Amen.